0: In every real estate transaction, something comes up that the buyer or seller may have a question about. But in the heat of the moment, the question goes unanswered. Each episode, I talk with real estate experts and real estate vendors to provide a look at what goes on behind the scenes in the real estate world to get you answers. I blend in local Santa Cruz history, add some tips and tricks, all designed to help you be successful in your next real estate project. Tell your friends you can't talk right now because you are with The Realtor Lady. Welcome back to The Realtor Lady. And today I have Ed Bogan or Edmund Bogan, as he likes to be referred to. This is a wonderful episode where we go over... A lot of different topics. I thought we would just head straight into the future of real estate this year and the future of real estate in general. Yeah, we kind of veered off and talked about HOAs and how they shape communities, which I think is an amazing topic only because of resources that are declining in communities and states where the resources to keep up communities is dwindling. And where HOAs might make that difference up to keep roads going systems in place. The other part of it we talk about is how as much as real estate may change, having quality people represent you is something that will never change. You will always hire and work with people who will do the best job for you and you will have the best results. And that won't change no matter how much the industry will change. So have a listen. Ed's really engaging and has a lot of energy and I enjoy speaking with him always. I hope you do too. I'm really excited to talk to Ed because he really understand a lot about real estate. And this podcast is designed to really help people understand what's going on in real estate and what's coming. And so Ed and I are going to discuss what's going to be happening in real estate this year, possibly in 10 years and the future of real estate. So uh, take it away, Ed, and welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Michelle. It's always a pleasure connecting with other professionals and, and talking. Yes, the name's Edmund Bogan. I'm Director of Luxury Sales with Douglas Elliman Real Estate in Boca Raton, Florida. I'm the head of the Edmund Bogan team. We've got five of us working between mm-hmm. Miami Beach and Palm Beach. And I'm really excited to talk with you about the state of the market and what's going on and you know, give whatever insights I have. I love it.
0: Um, and you're, are you on the Atlantic side or the, where are you at in? I, I,
1: I am wedged in quite nicely uh, between Miami Beach and Palm Beach. I'm on the Atlantic side of the water. I am a country club and gated community expert. Uh, that's mm-hmm. how I divided up my team. We have different experts in different disciplines because I feel that's the future of real estate that you really need to, you, you, you really need a Sherpa as opposed to uh, a salesperson. And that's what we're really trying to do.
0: I like it. I like it. I just did a podcast with another gal uh, in Florida and that turned out to be a discussion about uh, HOAs because we don't have, at least in my area, short of townhomes and condos, we don't have a lot of HOA communities
1: per se. So it's- Yeah, there's, well, actually, there's... It, it, it's, it's a thing. I mean, <laughs> HOAs, you've got- various communities and on one hand uh it's a terrific thing to have because you might not necessarily want a car up on blocks uh or a a speedboat in the driveway not that there's anything wrong with those things but in HOAs they tend not to allow that type of thing and for those that care about that it comes with a price and that is you can't paint your house purple uh, we can't do certain things because of the HOA, so it's an interesting, it's an, an interesting love hate relationship I think people have with their with their HOAs.
0: Yeah, well, I try to actually educate people that HOAs aren't as evil as if you seem. You should probably look for a community and read through all the documents, and you can get a, a a tone there, and then decide if that tone of that HOA is good for you. But to help people understand maintenance and taxes, because. Overall, it's very hard for us to maintain our cities anymore, but if you have communities that actually communally pay for those things, then they keep them up. And so huh. you you have you have areas in Santa Cruz that are just completely dilapidated or streets where the county said, no, you can put houses there, but we're not maintaining the street. And the people go, oh, they're not maintaining the streets. It's like, you no, know, those people said we want to live here, and they took that responsibility of maintaining the street, and then they didn't do it. So it makes wow. it look like the government's not doing anything. Where an HOA would probably say, hey, guys, we got to do something.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, um, depending upon who is buying and why, as a general rule, you don't want to get an investment property in an HOA. That's not entirely true, but you certainly don't want to create an Airbnb type of business in an HOA. Um, And, you know, HOAs are great when it comes to a community of people that you want to be around. That's that's just... uh, it does come with a the price. There are certain times where all of us, myself included, would rather not have the HOA restrictions. But I think in the balance, it serves more good than bad.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. In yeah, I don't. I don't live in an HOA, but I. I also know that every little cost they're trying to pass on to us now as owners to maintain.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's it's your house. <laughs> you got to maintain it. You know that that's yeah. uh, that's the thing.
0: But I didn't put in the sidewalk. I didn't put in the road.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get, I get all that. Well, we we've got in Florida, uh, each of us at least in Boca Raton, where I live, uh, the country clubs. If you're not familiar with the HOA, this one's a real doozy. To buy <laughs> in my community, there's a two hundred thousand dollar buy-in.
0: Oh uh, yeah, we have it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Must say. so it's not for the meek. Now it's beautiful. You drive through the gates, and you can decompress, and life is great. It is the Fifth Avenue. I don't know if your viewers are in New York, uh, Rodeo Drive, whatever you want to uh, com- compare it to. Um,
0: Probably Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills we're from California. Yeah, Beverly yeah. Hills. So, so
1: that creates a vision. That's you. You literally cross through the gates, and you've got twenty-four hour, uh, seven day a week private security. We have a private paramedic, they'll help you with a cut, they'll help you with a heart attack. Um, Um, We've got, uh, I just did in in my own blogging yesterday, I've got fun facts about my club, it's called St Andrews. Last year they went through 9,800 pounds of butter. Uh, I just found that kind of amazing, (laughs) you know, it's that winds up being on average 13 pounds per house that's here, and in the course of the year. It's still a pound, more than a pound a month of butter. That's a lot of butter. I, I get it. It's for cooking too, but it's you know. So Let's <laughs> go. People like random facts.
0: But you actually touched on the future of real estate. You actually kind of hit it right there with with the HOAs, really, because they are creating communities where they're really taking care of it themselves. Because unfortunately, I'm getting hit by saying anything about government or global warming lately in my in my in my videos. Well, but the future is where you can't rely on somebody else to take care of it you actually as a community are taking care of your own
1: as a community you're, you're taking care of your own and it's uh it for for us it works very very well i think wow. the argument gets made that it's not so great uh for some of the surrounding areas you know again that does get a bit political and, and a little bit chatty but People need to be prepared. We have a problem with the community that's near here. It shall go nameless because I wouldn't want to say it publicly. Um, but there are people, a, a title of the people moved from New York City and that surrounding area over COVID-19. Um, and in this one particular community, it was a culture clash because the people moving into an HOA had no idea that there were rules. But why... Can't I park on this side of the street today? Why do I only have to park on the odd side, not the even side? Why can't I paint my house any color that it, And And people looked at it, they just didn't fully understand. They thought it was kind of a wink-wink with the rules, but it's not. I mean, rules matter. Things happen here. So um, that community, the, the president had resigned a month after he went in because somebody was screaming at his kids, in the gym, in the, in the community gym, over something that he supposedly did. Oh, you know, that guy serves a good smack in the nose. Don't talk to my kids. Um, but it is interesting to see these little rivalries that sometimes happen within the communities. Again, it makes for a good gods. something
0: I would have never, I would have <laughs> never, that would have never occurred to me. So um, let's just start with this year, what you think is going to happen in real estate. We're uh, just about done with March. Hmm. So what do you think? And then I'd really like to get your take on the future of real estate.
1: Sure. I think that, look, people think that there's no product. And if this is, if this podcast is going to people who sell real estate, um, here's the good news, uh, despite how, or to anyone who's interested in real estate, buy
0: That's sell. who it is. Yeah, it's a public facing.
1: Got it. Yeah. Um, here's the good news. If you're committed and you're committed to the right agent, you can find a home. And I'll say that again. If you're committed and committed to the process, you can win. All in. Um, all in. you got to commit to one agent, not multiple agents. They're all getting the data in the same place. you got to make sure that they're fully committed to you. If they're not, leave. I mean, I'm not saying you have to, but I'm saying the best strategies that I've seen, and I've had people say to me, I want, I'm working with a bunch of agents. I'm like, hey, respectfully, I'm not going to work with you. Because yeah. I need to know I'm not going to spend my wheels and not get paid. I need to know that we're going to be having a true partnership. So that's the first thing. Two, as, as far as lack of inventory, in St. Andrew's Country Club, my primary farm, so far this year, seven homes have been sold. Now, you're, you just made the point, we're almost at the end of March. So this is the end of Q1 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, there are collectively 25 homes either under contract or sold. Now, let's say a few of those were a carryover from from 2021. That still leaves us at, let's say, 20 to 23 uh, homes that have either closed um, or are supposed to close that we're committed to this year. That, That means we're on track to do pretty similar to what was sold last year. So don't think that the velocity is not there, the volume's not there, just the inventory is not there. And for that, I could create a strategy to get around that. I could come up with, you know, there there can't be any emergencies that we've got to buy a place like now. You know, your wife is pregnant. You need to settle down. Let's get a rental for whatever time that is. This is not something that, uh, because when I call and say, look, we've got a great property for you. Can you come down in an hour? I really mean that because somebody's going to grab it. But if you go with that, you know, I've, I've got a very good track record of helping buyers.
0: I do, too. Um, my latest was she went out over a couple offers. We had to go a hundred thousand over, but she was all in. She was very committed to the process and bless her. She looked at everything. She just looked at everything. She didn't just look at a picture and go, that's, you know, It's not. she just looked at everything with an open mind. Mm. And that way, when she walked in the property, she could determine whether it was for her. And I, I she kept saying oh you did a great job and I was like yeah you did a great job. You were there. You showed up. It's that commitment part. And then the the volume and the oh the inventory. Ugh.
1: Well, it, yeah, it, you know, I have to get past the people that mm-hmm. say well the market's going to come down. Uh, oh. respect, I I personally don't see that. Of course, I'm okay. in sales and I get blamed for being the guy that wants to sell and maybe there is a Professional bias there. However, I think I've got some evidence. Uh, one, we've got possibly another 10% jump in inflation this year. I hope not, but I think that that's going to be a real reality. Every nail, every brick, every tile has now gone up in price. The staff to build it are hard to find. The refrigerator, sub zero fridge, last I heard, it's at least a nine month wait to get a sub zero fridge. With all these buyers wanting something, if the cost of new is going up, just the laws of of life will say that the uh, existing homes will have to go up in kind. Um, We still have, at least in Florida, a tidal wave of people moving down here. That hasn't slowed down. COVID taught all of us how to work remotely. Uh, We spent two years studying it. When I started my think tank. I have a weekly think tank with real estate agents. I had to give instructions on how to use Zoom. Michelle, <laughs> you and I both know that that's unacceptable in business anymore not to know how to use it. You just can't not know it. As sure as people used to say, I don't know how to use an email, call me. You can't do that anymore. It's no longer acceptable. So um, the reality is, I think that we've got, and I think there's some economists that are backing this up, several more years of, um, of if not growth Uh, incredibly rapid opportunity for sellers. I'll say one other point on this. Um, I just went to a real estate conference last week and one of the speakers said that it's a buyer's market. He kept referring to it as a buyer's market. I was the only one who raised my hand in this crowd of 500 people. So what the hell are you talking about? And he said, let me ask you, did you sell a home six months ago? And I said, of course. He said, is it worth more today than it was then? I said, about 20% more. He said, so who won? The seller or the buyer? Very different way of looking at it. You is know,
0: that Andy, was, Andy C? You got
1: it. Yeah. But I, I thought that that was a very interesting way to uh, to look at it. I never considered it that way, but but indeed there there is some truth behind it.
0: And I heard that talk a while ago from him. The other thing that turned that on its head for me is, I was talking to buyers yesterday and they said, look, this property's really not for us. It needs too much work. We're just not sure, but the lot was amazing. And it was an area that didn't have a lot of trees and an area that has a lot of trees. I mean, it just just checked all the boxes as far as a piece of property. And I said, well, if you got in too deep, the good news is you can sell and you can make back what you bought it for, commissions and probably whatever repairs you started on. I wasn't able to say that two years ago I would just be like, well, it's going to go up eventually, but because of the demand right now, and there are three properties that have sold in the last couple of weeks. Those people didn't have them more than a few months, and it wasn't the property for them, and they had the ability to jump. So there is that piece I took out of that from, from Andy saying that. Now, I also had somebody complain on one of my videos that that was totally wrong, but I don't think they really listened to it completely.
1: Well- you know, that's one of the great things about predicting the future. Nobody could guarantee anything, right? That, that's uh, the only thing. What was it? Death and taxes are the two guarantees in uh, in life. But I, I do think there's enough evidence to suggest that we will have a, a fairly robust market for the foreseeable future, at least in my immediate area. Um, in St. Andrew's Country Club, where I live, as of this morning, there were 13 homes on the MLS. The norm market this time would be about 70. Yeah. uh in uh Boca West a home a community with thirty six hundred homes as of this morning, there were eighteen on the market. I mean these numbers are unheard of uh statistically next to impossible uh, if you really think about it but uh, so so for somebody who's selling or wanting to buy uh there are different strategies that you need to put in place to be able to truly win and that's something that that as a realtor I'm, I'm focused on
0: and do you sell primarily in your your community, or do you work in other I, communities as well?
1: I did twenty five deals last year, four of which were in my community. I'm not the dominant guy here yet. I plan to be, and I will be. I I, uh, I have an age advantage. Um, I think I've got again. I, you know, there's a fine line between confidence and arrogance, and I hope I don't cross it. But I just <laughs> I'm just better than them. I just really believe that I've got Mark. I owned a marketing company. I'm putting stuff in place right now. Um, that they couldn't even understand and the relationships are just growing exponentially. And more than that, the people within my community have made introductions that you know, there's somebody that introduced a six million dollar buyer to me. We're gonna put them under contract. There's a the value to that. I mean that's 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 uh maybe it's not Michelle money, but it's Ed money. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of money. Yeah, I
0: don't do a lot of those. I do uh I do up to about three million. Okay.
1: But, uh, yeah. well, could, I, I just sold my my personal trainer uh, a home for just over $200,000. Uh, and I did it with my teammate, Gabrielle, um, It was one of the most satisfying deals I will have had this year. He really needed us. He really needed our guidance. And, and he was really grateful. And it trained someone who was on my team. So no, I never poo-poo anything. I just say, look, people would rather make more than less, right? At least I would. I um,
0: actually... St- I changed from that. I actually, in the last couple of years, want to work with people I want to work with and um, kind of look the other way on commission and, and work with people that I just enjoyed working with because I'd had so many bad experiences chasing large large sales and I realized I needed to reshift my focus into people I want to work with and it's worked out really good. Yeah, good. Was so, um, so. There's a pin of demand. How many offers do you have typically in your area on a property?
1: I mean, averages, you could keep one foot in boiling water and one foot in ice. Neither foot would be happy, but the average might be 58 degrees. I think that the, the averages are tough. I'll give you some anecdotal evidence here. Okay. I've got a colleague who had a, a weekend of open house, Saturday and Sunday. She had 300 buyers come through. Oh my goodness. He had 25 offers. Um, and I think for your viewers, they should know it's not always necessarily the highest offer. Uh, there's a lot of factors that might come in. Can you really close it? Are you going to be a jackass or not? I hate, to, I don't know if that's a bad word. Sorry. I'm not going to a jerk to work with. I don't know if you're going to be like a bad person. Because mm-hmm. um, realtors see that. It depends upon also the relationship with the re- the, the person who won the deal. Uh, came with their broker. The broker was friends with um, my colleague who was selling the house. They had the rapport. He was able to vouch for his client. Indeed, she knows that he only works with good, uh, good people. And that really mattered. It really got it across the finish line. Now, there were other factors too. It was a cash deal, no financial contingency. I mean, there were some things, but I'll tell you this. I got something across the finish line where it said no cash, no financial contingencies. And I was able to get a mortgage deal done for over $3 million last year because of the rapport and the relationship that I had with the broker. So don't under... And it's more than just whether somebody has the listing. The professional reputation is everything. It's so important. Guard it, protect it, don't mess it up. Exactly. Uh,
0: Well, where I was going is I did have a call yesterday where a... Somebody had told me that the, you know, the crash is coming and, uh, you know, the the housing market's going to collapse and wants me to call him when that happens because he wants to buy something. Okay. Well, the thing is, is if you have multiple offers, you have people who didn't get it. So where do those people go? They don't just go poof. They don't. Yeah. It, it, it just, it doesn't make make any sense if you don't have anybody who wants to buy houses and you have two higher prices and you have interest rates that are out of control possibly but you just don't have enough of those elements to point to where this market is going to be a deal
1: look you could present the evidence to that person and i found that it's blowing air because they are not going to listen oh, oh yeah um, you, definitely. You've got, forget the fact that 50 percent of the deals are done without a mortgage now unheard of never happened before in american history Note
0: Interesting. That, okay, good saying. to know.
1: So half the deals are are cash. Um, talk about the fact that we went into this pandemic with a lack of inventory. Now your 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 buyer is going to say, "Well, we've got a war in Europe, and that could very well have a terrible effect on Wall Street." And we've got rising interest rates. Those are the two things that I hear the most. Okay. Um, and on the other side of the column, we've got inflation that's out of control. We've got a standstill in new building and new construction. We've got computer chips and all kinds of issues that stop people from getting a refrigerator. I, who knew that a sub-zero fridge needs a microchip of some, apparently, um, to be oh, built?
0: Oh, that's what the holdup so, is. I thought it was raw materials. One the holdups, the, the, okay. there's
1: a bunch. Um, If you want to go even further, again, not political, but just factual. If there were to have an invasion of China into Taiwan, Taiwan makes 80% of the microchips in the world. Uh, nobody's talking about that. To me, I think that's absolutely enormous. It's absolutely, we just, every Mercedes, every car, every Everything. Even, you know, even the non-expensive cars, we're going to really, that to me is going to pose much more of a, uh, of a challenge. So it really depends upon where you, you fall on the, on the spectrum. You just have to convince your buyer that they're not looking at it too emotionally. Um, again, I found that arguing just doesn't really win anything. I like to present my evidence, but even in the face of overwhelming evidence, people don't always, they're going to want to believe what they're going to want to believe.
0: They so. do. I also, um, kind of put it under the category of always wanted to be their first as things crash. So that would be, uh, gold and, and silver and, you know, always trying to figure out where it's, which is impossible to...
1: Well, I, I mean, time's ticking away in your life as well. If you're buying it for investment, then I can understand the rationale. If you're buying it for yourself, I mean, I, I, I'm 53. I accept the fact that I'm on the back nine of of, of life. What? Um, well, wait a minute. I, I'm am 57. I, I'm going to be 57. I no, Neither of us will. I hope not. Well, but that's the point. So maybe we've got 25 great years. Maybe that it's not a sad statement. It's one that like, wake up and do it. Enjoy it now. Really, you know, take time with your kids. Go do stuff that's really important. Create something meaningful in life. Um, It's everything to me. I mean, that's why I started my real estate think tank. I, I want to have some type of impact or something to the extent that one can. We're all going to, you know, in the end of the day, it's incredibly liberating if you think about it. The, there's very few things that you could do that are so horrible, let alone a horrific crime. Um, mm-hmm. it, you know, it, it's, I, I think people bog them. In the absence of true problems, people create them. The, the the kid who can't eat in the Ukraine, that's a problem. My daughter forgetting that she has a test the next day, that's not a problem. <laughs> that's just a, that's a, that's a, uh, that's a pimple. <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't cool don't go out, with Okay, <laughs> it's, it's not even a, a big deal.
0: I think so. there's better ways to actually. It's always interesting to me. I mean, this person had been watching my videos and then called me, and it's like I I think I am who I am. I'm fairly genuine. I don't think you could talk with me and 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 I would uh, go down this disaster rabbit hole with you of the world's ending. I just don't think I present myself in that way at all. So I thought that was kind of an interesting call.
1: So. Yeah. Where are well, you? Let me, let me just ask you this. Is that person renting right
0: now? No, he owns all these. He owns a bunch of property. They always own a bunch of properties. Okay. And yeah. um I I get a couple of them. In fact, I just got an email from one of them who said, Oh, I'm gonna wait for the market to soften, by the way, before I buy. And I think I talked to him right before COVID. So the that happening is probably, you know, maybe. Another five years from now, I really don't know.
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it's um, nobody wants to be the fool. It was, I could sympathize with them that way. Nobody wants to be the one to be the last guy to spend too much money on a place. Uh, I had a deal fall out of contract. It, inspection went very, very well. Gave them full ask, just under 2.5 million. And after this, my buyer said, well, I decided... The offer is going to be 2.2 now. And I said, okay, the seller's going to reject that. Well, how do you know? Because they can. Because So we tried to get him in. In fact, I think I did a pretty good job. I got them down by about $100,000. Again, the flight to safety. People will, would want to, they'll say, okay, cash buyer, we've gotten through. So then what happens? He backs out. Um, the thing's on the market for another few weeks. Aha, I was right. There was no other backup buyer. It's under contract now for the full ask. Uh, in fact, it might even be for over the ask. So the guy was right, I was wrong, but only wrong by three weeks because it's now under contract. Whatever evidence he wants to create in his own mind, he certainly can. Um, yeah,
0: you know. Yeah, and um, I noticed waiting a little longer too because there's there's always buy- buyers in our area cycling through. Because a lot of them travel or they're distracted. So if you don't get an offer right away here, they'll think, oh, there's something wrong with it if you go through the week cycle of marketing. And we waited, I don't know, three weeks and we got full ask. We didn't get multiple offers. There's Mm -hmm. always that buyer still out there. So for that person to think when they look at that property, well, it's not worth that. And then it does show up that it's sold for its asking price it just had to wait for the one buyer. You can only sell it to one person. So how people look at how they're trying to prove their point, it it, it can be, it can be hard. Sure. So well, where do you, it, it, wh- go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, <laughs> I, I, what I was going to say was, uh, not everything flies. If one thing I'd like the buyer, the sellers to know is just because you want, uh, and a half million dollars for your home that's worth less than three doesn't mean that there's going to be somebody just because the market is so hot. Um, I had a property sitting on the market at close to three million for it, wanted to contract in 10 days, it fell out of contract, and then it sat for a month. And of course, the seller gets very, very nervous because she's got a commitment to another property. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens? The same house down the street was did for. Uh, nearly seven million dollars, three and a half million dollars higher, um, or no, almost four million dollars higher. Sorry, uh, that place was renovated, but not to the tune of four million dollars. <laughs> it went under contract in a week, and I twisted a few arms and found out that that contract is for six point one million. So now we've got something. Now we know that her house is priced nearly three and a quarter million dollars less than the renovated version of her home what do I do? I get on the phone and I start calling the developers that I know and the people that fix and flip homes. And indeed, I put it under contract with one of them. Because I was able to say, look, look at that one. You know, look at this one. Of course, we took a little haircut on the price, just very, very little. Um, And when the guy gets in, he'll put his million dollars in and he'll be able to sell it and hopefully make a million dollar profit for himself. Um, that's, That's the kind of thinking that the right agent is going to come up with. And again, I, you know, fine line between arrogance and, and confidence. I did it. It wouldn't, you know, maybe it would have sold with someone else, but I came up with that idea. I did it. And it's important that you have, um, you know, your, your, your audience know that. I think it's, it's very important, but again, continue. I, I cut you off.
0: Oh, no, I I just, I tell sellers just in this particular market that I've been in for the last, I don't know, 18 months, just, it's okay to tell me your price, we'll go get it. And I've gotten it. So I don't worry. And you National. keep marketing and you don't you don't blame the seller or the market. You just keep marketing, keep your head down. And the buyers respond to that. So I haven't I haven't had any issues. Yeah. All important stuff. So, so the uh Department of Justice would like the uh buyer's commission to be. Paid by buyers. I think that's kind of where they're headed. Mm. But you and I, before we started recording, had a conversation about where the market's going, maybe in the next 10 years. What do you see happening? And what what do you see maybe happening now that is going to change the way we do real estate?
1: Okay, I'll try and unpack this. That was a lot in there, huh? (laughs) That was a lot. Um, A few thoughts. One, a lot of agents get the reputation that they deserve. A lot of agents are merely pointing and showing as opposed to being students of the process. And I think it's important to make the distinction between someone who's just pointing and showing and really is a student of the process. As of this morning, there are 517 listings in all Boca Raton, Florida. To put that in perspective, there's over 7,600 people who live here who have a real estate license there are over 16 licensees per listing. So anyone, any novice that says there's enough business to go around is statistically incorrect. Respectfully, they are wrong. Most will starve to death. Um, (laughs) That's why, you know, the good news, there's a lot of great agents. I've got a whole group of them that I'm really close with. And I'm not, you know, we're going to go head to head and compete with one another for that listing, but I'll still go and get uh, dinner or drinks with them after. Just the same I would if I played basketball. I, I want, I want me to win and they want them to win. So I don't find an agent that's not going to make an enemy out of the other agents. Find an agent that's got experience. As far as the DOJ is concerned, Department of Justice, um, they're going to do what they're going to do. And I think that as just stated, most agents fail um Most agents, I don't remember before this big run-up of agents. It's 1.6 million realtors in America now. Before wow. COVID, there was 1.2. So there's been a massive uptick, in the, and, and 80% of them failed within five years. Did you know that 80% of those agents cycled through? So it's nothing new for for a roadblock to be thrown in front of us. It just really depends upon what's on that, you know, what's on the chessboard. At the time of when you're playing to decide how you're going to uh, get around it and what you're going to really do. This will have a massive shake up on a national level on in real estate. Exactly where I end up or where you end up or or how that is, uh, from what I understand, it could be uh, in a year. It could be 10 years. uh, But the change is coming and people are going to have to recognize that we need to once again pivot. That's, that's the, you know, I liken it to sailing. If, if you anyone has ever gone sailing, you see the beautiful boats sailing along the water and from a distance looks great. Onboard is sometimes a very different story. You're really pulling lines and, you know, checking the direction Windy. and where you need to tack and if you need to jive and all the things that you need to do to, to keep it going. It is work. It's, con- it's real physical labor. Um, that's real estate. I, I, I think it's a contact sport. So
0: and I was thinking about it today too, because I, I haven't really delved deep in it, but I thought, what if the seller really only paid their agent? Because I realize now some of the conversations I've had with sellers are like, Yeah, I wanna pay you. I do want to pay you. I think you're worth four percent or three percent. You know, right. I think you're worth it. That's great. No, I don't want to pay that agent, and I don't wanna pay whatever's going on that side. And I think that's where I kind of got my head turned a little bit when I realized, oh, that could be referencing some of the conversations I've had in the past, where they're more than happy to pay me, but they don't want to pay the other side. And now we have to go back to the buyers and go, if you want great representation, like anything, a uh, good CPA, uh, you know, good attorney, any of that, you will you'll be paying for it. Yes. And that's that's uh, my big takeaway in my last five years of business. Is I have had the pleasure of working with some really great professionals and had them help me with my business. And I realized every penny was worth paying for that service. I might not have liked to write that check or, you know, send it, but I really valued their service.
1: Sure. Uh, yeah. Something is going to. Uh, happen? How it gets addressed? I really don't know uh, exactly where it is. I I think again, I'm I'm paying attention. My my wife is a professional organizer. Her business is called Organized Palm Beach. That's a great business because no matter what, it, a robot won't take over. There won't be a Zillow for uh, for that. Yeah. Um, it, you know the real estate coaches that we have. That's a great business. <laughs> Because there's still always going to be people in the industry that are going to need the kind of advice. Being a listing agent, great business if you could get it. Yeah. Uh, selling agent, not so much. But I, I think there always seems to be some other opportunity that pops up. I think we're going to definitely clear more people out than was ever cleared before. I think we, that, that we're going to see a massive drop off um, on uh, the number of realtors that there are. And I, in a way, that could be a healthy thing. Yeah, uh, kind I'm, of approach. I'm very tired of people saying that they watch Million Dollar Listing and they want to jump into the business because they want to have uh, blinis at Cipriani and sign multi-million dollar deals. I wish it was just that simple. I, you know, when I'm done here, I've got meeting after meeting after meeting, work, 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 work all weekend long. Um, my family's going away. I can't. And it's fine. It's what I signed up for. I'm not looking for any sympathy. Right. But um, it is the reality of a true professional. If They're really in that that business to 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 be a, a true practitioner.
0: Yeah, there, there's always that when you're at a party and someone comes up and goes, hey, I'm gonna uh, get my license and try real estate. It's like,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that, that's, uh, <laughs> you well, know, look, I've heard different comparisons. It's, you know, oh, you're, you're sick, very sick, cancer or something. Do you wanna to go to a discount doctor? Do you wanna to go to a discount brain surgeon? What about a discount architect to build a giant skyscraper? Um, you know, you could take your date to a soup kitchen. It doesn't mean that you're going to get a second date. You know, I, I just think that there is a cheaper way of doing everything. Why <laughs> should real estate be any different? Um, just the thought that, that I'm trying to, to, I'm not trying. I am active in the luxury market with some real white glove service. I have parties that I have every quarter. Uh, every year I have a huge party. It's like buying a bar mitzvah or a wedding every year. I, you know, there's stuff that I'm doing to keep my company and my people out there. And it, it's, you know, I believe I'm going to get out of whatever comes my way, but I don't you know, again, anything can happen. They're
0: Maybe, fun yeah. too. I throw up taco party every year. I get to throw it again this year when I've had to wait. So yeah, I mean, they're just fun too, just to connect with people and see them again. And a lot of people don't even come. They just like to be invited, which is really, that's, that's to them, that's good enough.
1: And, and by the way, that's what I call the multiple levels of marketing, not multi-level marketing, multiple levels of marketing. So they got the invite, they got to save the date, they got the invite, they got the reminder, they said, no, they got a little note from you saying, sorry that you couldn't make it or they said yes and they showed up. Both of those people were marketed to. The ones who came certainly got a better experience, but the one that saw you and saw your name, ah, it's pretty good, right? <laughs> so there's a value to that. And a lot of people don't always understand that.
0: So before we wrap up, so do you think Zillow will, or any company will take over, Are robots gonna really show houses, or?
1: I mean, I, I, think, I think that... We, we already have uh, a number of platforms that people are using. Uh, I don't know what fair housing law is in California, if you can mention, for example, uh, there are a drug rehabilitation facilities in, in an area near me. A lot of them, more per capita than anywhere else in the country. Um, you know depending upon how one interprets the law about fair housing you might be able to point that out to a customer or you might not you certainly as a broker might know not to show your customer a home next to that facility because you know that they don't want to see it now again go into your own state about your own legalities of whether that's legal or not i'm not suggesting to anyone to use fair housing law badly but i am saying that these technologies that you mentioned don't really take that into account um, they might not know the hottest place to go out in the area. They might not know about the problems within an HOA or within a thing. That's why I'm, I am a country club expert. I want people to, and I have to constantly school myself on that to keep up the value. Um, I live uh, in a house that is one street over from another set of houses that abut the Florida Turnpike. Historically, that's a, like a 60 or 70% valuation difference just across the street. Um, computers don't know that. It's not yet. I, I'm not doubting that they can't figure something like that someday. But I do see an inherent value if you school yourself. If you're not going to, then no, you're useless. I'm sorry. It's a useless waste. The computer could take over for you and you're not providing any type of value add. Provide the value add and I think you may have a very good Uh, Ongoing career,
0: right? It'd be uh, robot-proof. Well,
1: robot, robot (laughs) robot-resistant. You know, I I don't know about robot-proof. Definitely robot-resistant. Definitely a a situation where you can uh, justify your value and continually have the phone ring and continue. I I get leads every single day. That's great. People like me. Um, I want to keep that for a long period of time. You know, I'd like to keep. The business, so we'll have to see. I don't know. Was that helpful? Am I am I talking too much? No no, 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 that's good. That's good. Okay.
0: I mean, we we don't really know what's going to happen. I know that um, I was the person that I was talking about earlier that wanted the deal um, of a when the market goes down. What I see in the future is if we do have another downturn the investor groups and the LLCs are ready with their arsenal and you as a singular person have no hope at all. You There's no eyeballs enough that you can have on the ground to beat these guys because they've already built their teams as it were. And there's a couple of them in my area that are still around. So I would add in that the future, even if you thought a downturn was coming, not you particular, but somebody did, Uh, probably even the next 10 years, if we even see a dip, you will probably not notice it because of the people who have already been waiting that, that have lots of money, lots of just realtors, lenders, everybody, contractors in the, you know, hanging out and waiting. So that's what I would tell people about if you thought one was coming, why it will probably be very difficult for you to to get in that arena. Yeah. Well, Well, tell people where they- I hope we. we I hope it all works out. I would like to just see more of a more normal market, just so people have a little bit more of a chance. Maybe three to four offers and not ten. That's kind of nice. What I,
1: we, you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll see. But here, you, Michelle, the realtors that are watching, there is business for you. Oh yes. Don't look at a day to day basis of what might have screwed up. Look at a quarter by quarter basis of what you accomplished. And if it's not where you want it to be, what can you do to increase that? If you're a buyer. What strategy are you going to put in place? Really, you know, don't say totally no to something. There might be another product that you haven't considered. Uh, Distance matters less now because of so much business is being done remotely. That's why we're seeing business now in Port St. Lucie and Stewart, Florida and things north of here that I never saw, uh, at least not as much of. So, you know, you, you need to have a strategy to get through any crisis, for lack of a better word.
0: Um, and if you're a buyer, get in the market and, and get in there and really, and really mix it up as realtors. The more time we spend with other realtors and in listings and in actually the business, the more business we do, it's be the same for a buyer or even a seller to just really understand the market. I know sellers that pay attention to what's going on in their neighborhood and walk through. And, you know, if you're really involved, I think your success level is, is better.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: it's It's, a pleasure. it's fun. It was fun. It was great to talk with you. Uh, Go ahead and, and tell people where to find you.
1: Sure. So it's Edmund Bogan, E-D-M-U-N-D, B-O-G-E-N. I'm with Douglas Elliman Real Estate. I'm the head of the Edmund Bogan team at Douglas Elliman Real Estate. And you could reach me just by searching uh, Instagram. That's usually one of the best places to go. Uh, or Google me. I come up absolutely everywhere. I, I was, I'm was. i lucky my name wasn't Fred Smith or something, you know, with a common name. Edmund Bogan, I know for a fact that you'll find it.
0: That's awesome. Well, uh, we'll have some more info in the show notes too. And I really want to say thank you for coming on. I love your energy. And uh, we should do this again. We'll probably come up with some subjects after you have your uh, wonderful meetings that I really enjoy.
1: Good. Well, I I look forward to continuing having you and I'd be delighted to come back anytime you want.
0: Very nice. Thank you. Thank you.